All right, everybody, welcome back to the best hour of their day. I'm taking over because Ackerman is a terrible host. And, uh, but it's in person, Ackerman in and, person. And, yeah, yeah, and person. Yeah. But <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to lead with a question and then we're going to do is we're going to talk about, we had a question. There's two questions. The first one is about logistics in the gym for today's episode, but the real topic for today is going to be, we had a question about discussing how to prepare for your level one, which we've talked about the level two, we've talked about the level three, but we haven't really discussed the level one. But first I'm going to throw you guys this question. This is from a member at a box, okay? It's from a member at a box. I don't know where this person's gym is. Um, so question, uh, the, their box opened. They cut class size and have boxes with equipment uh, that we would need for the workout of the day. So they went with that like defined layout. So everybody's got their own little space. Uh, my issue was the rig is on one side of the gym. Uh, so a wad was programmed with pull-ups. Uh, so they allowed everyone to use the rig. So people on the one side of the gym had to walk across the other people's space to get to the rig and it got a little crowded. I'm not really worried about catching anything, but I know some people are uncomfortable and not really prepared for that interaction since we were led to believe that each person got personal space. Should I say something? I don't want to be a jerk uh, and point it out, but it seems like they're violating the basics of reopening safely. Or should I let whoever is uncomfortable say something and just go along? Thanks. Worried in Wyoming. Yeah. Do you make that up or is that real? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I made that up right on the spot. Oh, look at you. Can you be um, clear? Was that a coach or was that a member? No, no, this is a member. This is a member. I, so, so it sounds like more than anything, the question is, should I give feedback to the, uh, to the owner, to the coach? Which yeah, the, yeah it, the question is like, should I say something or should I let somebody else say something? And I think you should absolutely say something. We were fortunate enough to just get open back up this week um, here in Florida. And I've been after every class trying to reach out and just ask people that were here and attending and be like, hey, what do you think? What, you know, what can we do different? What can we do better? Do you feel all right? Um, and I think we, I mean, I, we talked a lot about this in one of our previous episodes, either the last one or the one before. Um, but there's one, you need to, to cut, cut the, uh, the gym a little bit of slack because they're trying to navigate this thing similar to the way that you are and trying to figure out the new normal and trying to make the right choices. and there's a lot of times where it's like I set up a class and then class, the workout starts going and you're like, oh, crap, I didn't expect that or I didn't foresee that happening. Um, so I think finishing a class and going to the coach or the owner and being like, hey, man, that was great. But, you know, we walked across or I felt like this guy was too close to me or could you define my pull up station a little bit more? Um, and then hopefully they'll continue to evolve and see that and, and make things better as you go. Yeah, I, I mean, pretty standard response. If you have something like, like TSA, if you see something, say something. That's what we talk about every weekend at the level ones. As long as you do it in a productive, nice way, it's not a better off coming from you from a positive way than a member that freaks out and leaves or starts drama. So worst case is you give this owner, hey, just so you know, something to be aware of, you might not have thought of this. You know, we're all crossing paths, even though we have our own space. So like Todd said, yeah, talk to him. Yeah, I think one thing members should take on board is that to some degree, like this is your responsibility too. like the gym owner can't think of everything. Like it's just, again, I, I agree wholeheartedly with Todd. You got to cut the gym owner some, some slack and, and exercise a little empathy here. 
they're doing the best they can and they're probably just didn't see it or realize whatever the thing it was that you're worried about or that whoever that person is is worried about just bring it to their attention that that's that, that is the member's responsibility is to bring those things to their attention and then don't do it in like don't be a dick about it be like hey i can't believe you didn't think about that like just say something and then move on don't don't belabor it or anything like that just communicate 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 and then gym owners again i think we talked about this last time communicate that this whole thing is a work in progress right they're like you'll continue to try to improve it as things change because you don't know like you don't know how many people you're going to have in the classes unless you've capped it but even then you don't know who's going to show up you know you don't know how many classes you're going to have just let everybody know like hey most of this is kind of TBD, like to be determined, like as things change and we'll shift as fast as possible. But, you know, like now's not the time to hold back on any of that stuff, like address it, address it head on, address it quickly. Uh, and if you hold on to it, like you're not helping the gym at all. Yeah, I think, like you said, the onus is not just on owners these days. Owners like you are opening, as are all owners, because they care about their community, right? You're not doing it simply because you're greedy and want to make money and pay your bills there's you don't become a box owner if you don't care about your members so you're doing it for them and for those people it's just as much on them to be on the lookout because we've all just like programming a, a bad workout we've all programmed a workout where halfway through we we're like okay that was a mistake and you might not have realized it you have so many things on your mind getting to the pull-up bar might not have been one of them and then throughout class, you may be watching so many things at the same time. Maybe you're getting distracted. Who knows what's going on? Bring it up. And that goes for everything. We talked about it, like Todd said on a recent episode, you know, whether it's the whole message model or whether it's, you know, just coming from a good place. Like Fern said a year ago, don't bring drunk monkeys, but bring positive Yeah, bring feedback. solutions. Yeah. Todd's confused, no. you know, about the drunk monkeys. Drunk monkeys. Todd is, Todd is drunk, a drunk monkey. Don't bring a drunk monkey. Bring a solution. <laughs> Got it. It's got to be um, your goal. So the, the, other, the other thing you could do, so if, you, if this is your question, uh, send this episode to the gym owner too because uh, as a gym owner, I, I think it's totally not only something you should do but actually beneficial. Acknowledge that mistake to your members. Be like, hey, we didn't realize when we set this up that the kind of traffic patterns, like we crossed the streams and we maybe shouldn't have. Uh, so now knowing that we're going to move it forward. So I think in, in this scenario, it's like best just kind of like acknowledge it, own it, move on. And I think he, that's a good way to get a lot of equity and people understand that you're paying attention and you care and all that stuff. So just own it, correct it. Can I, let me ask a follow-up question to you two, and then we'll get to the topic at hand. But this past Saturday, my jujitsu school hosted a town hall, you know, on YouTube and, in my opinion, it was great that they did it, but it was almost too transparent. So my question is to a box owner, it's like, how transparent do you have to be? Like, at the end of the day, it's a business. You know, can you imagine going into Chase or, you know, uh, Whole Foods or Amazon and being like, hey, are your coaches still getting paid right now? How much are you paying them? What are you doing? Like, at some point, isn't it just like, dude, this is our business. Like, how transparent does a box need to be? Obviously, health, safety, all of that. But I mean, you're talking about is, finances. I mean, everything. But is it, you know, is it important for you to tell your members that your coaches are getting paid or on unemployment? Like, and again, I think it's I great I, that they did it. But I'm just wondering, like, I was as I was watching it as a member, I was just like, 
why are people asking this? But I think there's, I, I think transparency in general uh, clearly is a good thing. Like communicating to the people that rely on you or that are involved with your business is a necessity, right? And I think we've talked about that throughout this entire process. The more that you can tell people what's going on, the better you can be. Now, I think along that line, I think there is some value in provide, shedding some light on why you're making the decisions you're making. Um, so for example, we've continued to um, charge memberships for, for the people that are able to pay memberships through our business. And through that, we've made it very clear that we've been able to continue to pay our, our employees through this tough time. And we've thanked people for that. Um, but that doesn't turn into us telling exactly down to the dollar what people are getting paid and what our financial statements look like and any of that kind of stuff. But I think it, it's, you know, trying to be as clear and transparent on the way that we were approaching um, this unusual time, what that reason was behind it, what the results of uh, how things and the decisions we've made um, have provided us and, and go from there. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that, I think within reason, I, I, CrossFit is such a weird thing. I was having this thought the other day that it's the, it's the only business where for whatever reason, your members feel like they have a say-so in things that you do, like inside the business. You know what I mean? Like with regard to the programming or the schedule, like so, and again, take it with a grain of salt, but I do think it's like, if people are asking that question, I don't know if that's appropriate. You know, like, I, I don't know if that's any of your business. I, I think for any business, regardless of what you do, I think your job is to deliver and you sort everything out on the back end. Now, if you feel the need to disclose those things because you need to get something off your chest or because you are at, like in some sort of true hardship and, and you need to ask the community for help, well, then I think that's fine. But I don't know that the rest of it is necessary. Um, if you want to do it, then that's on you. Like, I mean, I'm not saying don't, like, if you want to do that, that's fine. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. That's where I would spend my time and energy. Like, I just don't, that's nobody else's business, but mine. Like what people care about is that I deliver. That's it. Yeah, no, I agree. I just was wondering, it's just, they were so transparent in, in my opinion. I was like, this is too much. Like you don't need to share this much information. And I know, it's a slippery slope. Once you start doing too much and your members start feeling like they have an influence on the gym and they have a say, then things get out of hand. Well, so I guess if you were to try to draw a line, be like, what's too much? I guess too much or too little, like you could probably go either direction, would be if it starts to create the sense of instability, then it's too much. Or entitlement. That. Uh, well, both, right? So in, entitlement or instability. But if people start to feel that the business is like shaky, like nobody wants to be a part of that. And it's not their fault, right? They're just gonna be like, well, if this gym's going to go out of business, I'm just going to go find another one right now. And all of a sudden you'll see people leave in droves. Like we've, every, we've all seen it with another gym where, you know, people start to get the feeling that a gym is in trouble and they're just like, fuck it, I'm out. So yeah. I, I think that's where you could kind of like, I, I don't want to create anything other than a, uh, a sense of comfort and stability for my members, particularly now, because everybody's freaked out. So like, this should be the one place where like, they got it, it's going to be there when I get back, I just want to go back to normal. So that's, that's what you should, that, that's how I would gauge it, which, which is abstract, I get it. But that's how I would kind of sense, you know, or try to, uh, the, that would be my litmus test.
is gotcha. this creating is instability or is this making people feel confident in the business? Yeah, I agree with that. All right, Fern, what's the topic at hand? So we had another question about how to prepare for the level one. And I do think there's a little bit of misconception about what the level one is and who it's for. Right. Yeah. I'll, the, the, the misconception. I love this part because so uh, well, I, and I, yeah, I actually uh, want you to kind of lead here, Todd, because you know, you're clearly Jay and I's boss on certain weekends and, and you're the head honcho. So I'll let you go. Well, the, my, the misconception is going to come from the people that I've talked to that, that aren't that familiar with it and are somewhat interested in it. But the question always that I always get is when, when they're asking, Hey, should I go to the level one or should I sign up for this? Then it's immediately followed by, man, but I don't have my muscle-ups yet, or I don't have my pull-ups, man, I don't know what my friend time looks like. And so I feel like the, the misconception always is that this is a physical test, and it's a performance, like physical performance-based course, wherein the reality is it's completely opposite of that. So I always get a, you know, it, it always makes me laugh a little bit that, that there's that, that thought or perception that. Um, you have to have some sort of physical capability in order to attend the level one when the reality of it is, is number one, we've had people attend the level ones that are in wheelchairs or that have are missing limbs and any and everything in between. I had um, Kyle Maynard recently. You guys know Kyle right? Maynard? Yeah. No arms, no legs. Yeah. Like just congenital, like, I mean, like that's, one of the more challenging ones that I've ever had, but yeah, Todd, like were, that's, that's who comes, that's the people that kind of come to the seminar. Todd, were you at that seminar when we had the, the girl that was paralyzed from the neck down? Yeah. In Orlando, I believe. Yeah. It was Is Orlando. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I still see her online and she's from the amazing. Neck down? Like she's regained strength, like in her arms. I was giving her, oh, I was making her work for it. Like she was eight, she had a really bad break. I forget, you know, what vertebrae, but she was slowly regaining function. This is like 10 years later, but point is like Todd saying, and like you're saying, and, and I've had people show up. Um, I forget the guy's name. This is years ago in um, Boston. He was, he's done talks now, but he lost like his eyesight, a couple of limbs from an explosion. Um, What's it, his name? That, that was a, there was a, he oh, was no, on the podcast. CrossFit podcast. That oh, that's a different guy. That was no. Different. This guy was like a military guy. But then oh, there was the okay. guy. Were you at that seminar, Fern, in Cookville? No, I don't think. I no, I, I did one there. with a friend of mine. I so I did another one with a friend of mine, Brad Snyder, who was an EOD guy who's blind now. So he showed up seminar. Literally can't. He he's blind. He got blown up, blast to the face. And he no, was a he's, he's a Paralympic swimmer, or he's a he's a Paralympian. He's a swimmer. Gold I've worked the seminar at Mayhem. Were you there, Todd, for this one? No, but I heard about it because I'd listened yeah. to that episode, that podcast, that CrossFit podcast episode where the story was told about this guy is mind What's his name? Well, I mean, I can Google up. it. I, I think I, I remember think that. I think, I think on the drive, you know, you when you work a seminar in Mayhem, you land in, uh, where do we land? Nashville. 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 And it's like a two-hour drive to Mayhem. And I think it was you, Todd, that told me about it. So I listened to it on the way there. It was crazy. The dude was in a gang. He's got like eyes tattooed on the back of his head. So I think, I don't remember if we ever talked about this on the podcast, but Donovan and I had to administer the test okay. behind the scenes. And because he couldn't see, he was literally he his hands. touching Donovan. Like we had to demo he's the doing faults. Moments. Yeah. And we had to do that dude, with Brad. So yeah. the, the dude was so funny. He, 
So it was, I remember, I, I think it was Jenny working with us. He goes, can I have Jenny instead? <laughs> <laughs> but it was really yeah. funny. Yeah. So, so with those stories being told, it's, it's clear and obvious that there is, there is no physical component, like it's no, no requirement. That's what I mean. Physical requirement in order to come and take the course you're going to get exposure to the physical component of it. And more importantly, you're going to learn how to do the movements correctly. Um, you're going to get the opportunity to see how to coach these movements. So as far as if somebody's wanting to take the level one um, and they're worried that they're not physically prepared enough, whether it's they don't have the skills they want yet or they don't feel like they're in shape enough, that is clearly not a reason to avoid going. Um, in fact, I think there's no better place that – to try to learn those skills or to see what it's going to take to get in shape or, you know, just to see what you're going to get from CrossFit. I think that's a, a, the best place to do it um, as far as that's concerned. So people that, that are worried they're not physically ready should not have that concern whatsoever. Yeah. yeah so there's I mean, no physical, there's no physical requirement that I have to meet. However, there is a requirement of participation. Yes. Right. Like you have to do everything, which again, like we will scale for you. We'll make sure that like whatever, if you need to change a movement, like, I mean, we just listed all the people that we've worked with in the past. So if you're worried about not being able to do something, uh, you know, rest at eat, like you don't have to worry about that. Like it, we will sort it out for you. Yeah. And I think the number of people over the years that I've heard from after they've taken it that said, I wish I did this earlier. I wish I did this sooner is so high. And it, it's like anything. If you're, it's hard to know if you're going to commit to this on day one. Like, is CrossFit going to be something I do forever? And at least from my perspective, I can only speak from someone that went to their level one really quickly. It's it's hard to know, like, all right, am I committing to this? And if so, it's worth $1,000. It's worth my weekend. So I understand that some people don't come right away. But I think as soon as you realize, hey, this is for me, either I want to coach or I just want to learn more, I want to get better at this, just go take your level one. You're going to come out of it so much more advanced than had you waited a year, two years or longer. And I, I think one of the other misconceptions is beyond the physical component is it's only for people that want to coach or open a gym. And absolutely. That's a great starting point for those people that do want to coach or do want to open a gym. Um, but it's really, I've heard it described as like, it gives you, gives you the foresight of, of what, the requirements of a human being are how you should move how you should eat and it's really something that any and everybody out there um would find value in there is such good information whether whether it's something you're going to do for life like you were just saying jay or if it was just something that you were somewhat interested in are you interested in fitness are you not interested in fitness and so do you want to hear something that you know might pique your interest or something like that i think it's something not only for coaches but it's it's there's a ton of value to any and everybody that's, you know, willing and able to attend. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, a minimal investment. I mean, like I'm not saying that it's not a lot of money, but I think it's a minimal investment in your own development as an athlete. If you, even if you never plan to coach another human being, just the things that you're going to learn about movement, how to assess yourself and your, and, and all of that stuff. And just the, the ability to sit, 
in that environment and have some of the curtain pulled back on the methodology with CrossFit and how to do it, how it should be executed, what it's actually all about it is actually where the real value is. Like not the workouts, the breakouts are great. We're going to teach people how to move and how to fix that stuff, but really just kind of really understanding what CrossFit is because I, you guys tell me most people, there's some sort of disconnect when they come in. Like they, like they have a, like either like a pretty good grasp, but, but they may not understand a lot of things. Like you think about the what is CrossFit and the what is fitness lecture and programming, like those, those theory lectures, those are the things that people, those where people have the aha moments, not necessarily like in the movement breakouts. They're like, oh, okay, now I get it. Now I understand what it is that this is about. Like that's what I think is important for people. Yeah, I definitely, there, there's less of the theory discussed in gyms I think on a regular basis at least to the details that that we cover it in the level one um, so there is it's a pretty eye-opening moment when you hear why like what exactly CrossFit is and why we use the movements that we do and and how that relates to our fitness and then the true definition of fitness and then something as simple as the nutrition lecture and, and how and what we should be eating and all the rest of that stuff but Equally for people that are CrossFit athletes that, that go to an affiliate or do it on their own, I've heard just as many people have that light bulb moments from their breakout groups where they're like, man, I've been doing CrossFit for eight years and no one's ever told me that about hip extension or never, no one's ever put me in that position in my squat. Like, this is amazing. I can't believe I've been doing it wrong all these years. How many uh, times, how do you guys react to that? Because I've left the squat group or whatever group we've been teaching and you guys have experienced too, where someone will inevitably come up to you and be like, man, my coach doesn't do anything. Like, tell me any, and you have to kind of like soften it where it's like, they're not bad. We're just really good. Like you have to like, well, some of us you know, are. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and by, by what he means by you is Todd. And I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you have to almost like not throw their coach under the bus for not seeing this, but it, it always comes up like, man, I've been doing this wrong. I wish someone would have told me or my coach never sees this. How do you guys usually handle that? I just say you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky to be in my presence. You're welcome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, what, so uh, the funny, I think the other funny part is the, is the people on the other end of the spectrum. So the people that show up having no concept of what it is that they're there for or what it is that they're about to experience. I had a member, she's been here damn probably like seven years and i and we had uh we hosted one here so i gave her one of the uh one of the spots and she calls me on friday afternoon i was like i think i was picking up chairs or something like that and she says hey i didn't know that i needed to read information for this she's like what how much do i need to know about neuroendocrine response <laughs> so i said i said what what is it that you think you're showing up to like and, and granted she's been she's been she's been a member of mine for years at this point like probably a minimum of six years this is probably about a year ago so then she shows up saturday morning we're doing check-in and everything and she checks in and she comes and she was like <laughs> she comes up she grabs me and she says this is like a real like a real legit seminar like and i was like what the fuck do you think I do on the weekend? She goes, <laughs> nobody has she, any idea. Nobody. She, she goes, I literally thought that you, 
that people just showed up and you just talked about how much you loved CrossFit. And I was like, oh, <laughs> pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Pretty close. I was like, oh my God. I was like, no, that is not at all how this works. Um, but yeah, there's, there's always a, these funny stories of like people that like just kind of like, it's almost like they got lost and showed up there. Like that's basically the equivalent of what they showed up prepared for. Yeah. I mean, every weekend there's people that have never done CrossFit and are taking the level one as they're really their first exposure. They've done some boot camp or something like that. And this is their true first exposure, which is always pretty cool. There's a ton of people that take it kind of lightly and they're like, yeah, I got the link to the study material. And you go to print it. I can remember myself when I was like, oh, let me just print, let me just print this thing real quick. Six cartons of ink later, I'm still like, I did it like at my buddy's house. I was like, hey, I got to print something. Let me use your printer. Dude, I crushed his printer with, you know, printing hundreds it only, and hundreds only of magenta. pages. Yeah, right? <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of pages. And then you're like, man, this thing starts in two days. I thought I was going to skim through this on Friday night. Like, holy crap, there's a lot of information I need to get through. I don't think when I took my level one, there was a, even a manual. It was just all journal articles, wasn't it? Where they recommended that you, you go through and check out these different journal articles. Yeah, and there was no test. You did yours in 2007? Is that what you did yours? Yeah, yeah. I think, I did, yeah. I think that's about the same for mine. I may have gotten like a handout, but I don't think it was – it definitely was not what we know today. It was just a bunch of – I'm pretty sure it was just a bunch of, like Todd said, just like a bunch of journals smashed together in a – Journal. In, yeah. yeah, in a doc, in one document. Yeah, like CrossFit Journal 21, The Zone, yeah. with Nicole Carroll, What is Fitness, yeah. Foundations, all that stuff. Do you guys remember anything from your level one? No, I don't. I wish I did, honestly. I feel like such a turd by saying that. Well, you know what it is, too? I think for all of us, we loved CrossFit, but we didn't realize the scope and the magnitude that the level one was for us. I think for yeah, me, I, would agree. I used to take fitness-type seminars all the time. You know, I was always getting new credentials, you know, spin, etc. So I was like, okay, this is another one. This is cooler. But I didn't realize like this is life altering. I, I remember a handful of things from it. One, like I remember like, I can't remember if it was after the squats group or maybe after the squats lecture before we were getting ready for the next one going up to, um, I think it was Drew Thompson that was the, uh, the flow master at my level one and being like, hey, yeah, yeah it's really cool to like squat perfectly. But what if most of your members just want to come in and sweat and have fun and don't really care if they have the world's best squat? Does it really even matter? And he's like, man, if you're going to coach, it's your job to inspire them to care about their squat. You can't just let people move like shit and think it's going to work out well for them. I can remember that pretty distinctly. I remember, I think I, right after I'd started doing CrossFit, I started trying the, or started eating cleaner, but I had no idea of like the amount of food I was consuming compared to what I used to when I was eating, you know, whole wheat pasta and oatmeal and all that kind of stuff so I started losing weight I remember going asking Chuck being like hey does everybody that do, do, do CrossFit like get thinner and lose a bunch of weight I don't want to get smaller it's like what's is that just a CrossFit thing he's like bro you got to eat big to be big son come on <laughs> <laughs> big daddy Chuck lays, lays down the law and then I remember doing Fran which I didn't know that you were going to do Fran and somebody started telling me at the end of the day and I started panicking <laughs> And every time I think about doing the workout, it was at it was at CrossFit Charlotte. And I don't know if you guys were at the old place. They had this like yep. row of bullet bars just like down yep. one side of the gym. Yeah. And we had like 25 of us going at once. And there were the pull-up bars there. And like my bar was away from that. 
I'd done my round of 21s. I got back to the bar for the 15s. I think I broke it up a couple times, but I was trying to find my way back to the, to the pull-up bar. And I was just weaving through and like running into people and all I can ever think of and what I remember feeling like is if you guys remember old school, when Will Ferrell gets shot by the tranquilizer dart in the neck and he's just like stumbling around you're, before he falls. You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> that was like really Kendall good. came up to talk to me and I was just like, I couldn't talk. I was trying to get to the pull-up bar. I'm pushing him out of the way, bumping into somebody else doing thrusters, like a disaster. I was an absolute disaster. I can like, see that. I like down you, man. My- but, but you're crazy. <laughs> laid down my five minute and 30 second friend and just thought I crushed it it was I'll tell you what Jess and I Jess and I went together and uh you know because we used our license place to get free seminars but um yeah (laughs) but I tell you what we did afterwards we did we did the zone like hardcore for a while yeah hardcore and uh and I and I truly abided by because this this was kind of Pat Sherwood's guidance to me back then it was like 80 20 bro just whatever so we abided by 80 20 so like we were super strict and and i like i started eating like kashi cereal in the morning because i figured like this is what i was supposed to do and um and then so sunday to thursday we were like on point and then friday saturday we would burn the city down and get blackout drunk but the point of that is we both got we both got really lean, got, got really fit in that time frame, And it like, it was a ton of benefit. And I was like, that's one of the things we talked about in the, in the nutrition portion is like, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like you can get a lot of benefit from doing a lot of this stuff, even if you only do it like 80%. See, I was the opposite of that. When I decided, I can still remember when I was deciding whether I was going to like clean up my diet and eliminate like grains and dairy and all that stuff, literally having the conversation with myself, like, can I go the rest of my life with never having pizza or a donut again? Oh, I don't know. I really like donuts, but you know what? I think I can do this. And literally I swore that stuff off and I'm such a lunatic that I think I went like 10 months, super strict, no cheats, no nothing. I was the guy who was still, when I was working at finance, working at a bank that would take my bag of microwave or my bag of microwavable broccoli every day at lunchtime. And everybody hated my, you. Everybody, <laughs> in the whole every, bank, they're hated like, my thanks a lot, Todd. It smells like a bag. It smells like a bag of buttholes in here now because oh, you're broccoli. Man. Dude, I was such a lunatic. There was no 80, 20. I just remember realizing how unfit I was. Like I went in and I was like, I'm really good at this thing. And then you, go there with people like a hundred people at the time. Cause level two instructors are there. I was like, I'm bad. I'm very bad at this. Like I'm. So this is 13 years later. How do you feel about that? Not changing in this? Time? Yeah, no, <laughs> I would have figured in 13 years, you would have worked hard to change it. But it was just eye opening. Cause I was, you know, for most people, they have an idea of where they fall now when they show up to a, a level one, they've been going to classes, but I was doing it by myself and I was like, I must be good at this. I mean, I told the story on the CrossFit podcast where I was like, I literally, my best friend was like 830. And I was like, you, at, at my level one, you got to judge. Every single person got to judge. And I was like, I call, I remember like calling the guy over, like, come here for a sec. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't need you to like, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to be really fast. You're going to need yeah. to pay attention. My knees are going to touch like, on every squat. Don't, don't make worry, a big deal. Don't, don't try, don't fanboy out over here, but I'm about to throw an eight minute brand down. 
I don't know if you need to get the cameras out or anything. <laughs> and then that I remember- That sounds like this, go ahead. Well, I, I remember this is years later. Like, I didn't realize this, but Joe DeGaine was at the same seminar. But I remember enough about looking in front of me and seeing a Jack dude. I think you've told And then the story years before. later realizing it was Joe DeGaine, thinking he quit, thinking he stopped working <laughs> out. <laughs> not, not realizing you that you were going up against yeah yeah not realizing he was done no i yeah. get back to the 15s no pain had no pain went deep that day you're yeah, like i'm gonna Joe smash DeGain, that you know, little i'm gonna smash that little tiny guy over there flow master you know longtime regional athlete division one wrestler and i'm yeah. thinking he quit meanwhile he was done in three minutes and i'm still going we had a guy show up one time this was here locally and uh you guys have probably had this too. I, I'm pretty sure he worked at like a Globo gym or something like that. And I'm pretty sure they paid to send him so they could have a credential and do, you know, rip off CrossFit or something like that. Super nice dude. But his, he had never done CrossFit before in his life. Didn't care. So he didn't pay for it. He's just like, yeah, they told me to be here or something here. So we go th all the way through day one. And I don't remember why, but we ended up doing a partner workout. Ben Smith also happened to be in the seminar. I, re I remember hearing this story. Yeah. Like so this. we, so we, and this was, the, this was right after you won the games, right? Yes. Yes. So he had literally just won before. So this is 2000, what do you win? 2014, something 15, something like that. like that. But anyway, so we pair him up with Ben. And uh, so we had told him before, like, hey, listen, man, just like, hey, you're paired up with the, uh, with the cro previous CrossFit Games champion. And this guy's response was something to the tune of, that's cool. Do you like there like there was a game or something? Is it like you know? <laughs> is that pretty good? Is that okay? And we're just is that like, pretty oh good? my god, yeah. So he goes through, and uh, and so we're doing the workout, and it was like some, it was one of those variations of like the thruster burpee partner workout, and and Ben kind of looks over, in the middle at me, and he goes, "Is this really this dude's first time doing CrossFit?" I'm like, "Yeah," and he goes, "That's fucking awesome." <laughs> <laughs> this guy's dying. I mean, he is literally just like doesn't know what's happening to him. Just like okay. trying to get the thrusters and burpees done. And, and, and meanwhile, he's probably lulled into some sense of security watching Ben just leisurely smash his portion of the partner workout and then have this devastation just, just crush oh. his soul afterwards. 20 of those? Yeah, that looks pretty easy. He's not even breathing hard. I can probably yeah. do that. Yeah. That's so. One of my favorite things every weekend is looking for the person that comes out too hot and I got two examples. I think you were at one of them, Doug. Remember that girl? She was easily done with the first round in like 45 seconds. And then nine minutes in, I remember she's like still moving. She's like, I came out too hot. I came out too hot. <laughs> <laughs> that, sounds James. Like, that sounds like me and most every yeah. workout. James, was, James will, James will try to like entice people to do that. And they're like, right. Yeah. He'll just go through everything. And right before he says three tone, he's like, remember, Usually the, the first person to finish or the person to win is the person that finishes round one the fastest just to watch people just blow through round one and the big eyes in round two. Oh, my God. And then the other person I remember, we were, I think I was in Memphis, and it was like a – he was either NFL or like CFL, another fucking strong dude, and finished the first round in, I would say, 30 seconds or less literally goes to pick up the barbell and i think i was with donnie i want to say donnie we were like watching him picks up the barbell gets it to about his hips drops it 
and I, I, you can read his lips. He goes, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> he starts looking at the side like somebody added more weight to it. <laughs> yeah, like, just no, I mean, he still threw down probably four or five minutes, but it was so funny to just see, like, people's reaction of what happens after that first round. And, and of course, people there's the infamous all heart, Todd, all heart. <laughs> yeah satan's chariot I, I that was my favorite workout ever i got so fired up with that but unfortunately never be we, seen again we can't do that again as todd no, tried no. to kill three people <laughs> what do you, if if so obviously uh, people obviously people should read through the material like i don't i don't think it's necessary for people to read through it with a fine tooth comb but like if you were to say hey like these are some of the things like you should definitely be familiar with just tell people like the, the theory lectures more than anything. So read through, you know, the stuff for what is CrossFit, what is fitness? Cause that's, those, those are deep lectures. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you that you, the, it's not necessary to memorize all of it, but the truth is, is once you start reading it, it I've not seen a single person that starts reading. It's like, ah, this isn't for me. I don't like it. They start reading it like, holy crap, this is really, really good. And so more often than not, people just start the process of reading it too late and they can't get through all of it. And then that allows for a little bit more stress or pressure. I think if you're somebody that's doing CrossFit, you're contemplating taking the level one, or you're just doing CrossFit in general, like get the manual. It's online. You can look it up by, by just searching the CrossFit level one trainer guide and start yeah, reading You don't even have thing. to register. Like you can just no. pull it down you can just pull it down and the content in there is just so incredible and so advanced and it's, it's, it's fantastic read for any and everybody. Same, same, like we said with the course, but whether you're going to take the course or not, um, I would encourage people to read through it, um, and start it sooner rather than later. And then that'll give you more time to, to get through some of that material and some of that content. I, I tell people it's like one of those college courses where so long as you show up to class and pay attention, you're going to do fine. Of course, you know, there's a couple of things we don't cover in lecture and you need to read that, but we, we cover just about everything you need to know in lectures. And as long as you're paying attention, you should be okay. But, if, but like you guys are saying, certainly read the manual, but you don't have to dig super deep and it is, it keeps your attention. It's not boring. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're not, we're not teaching to the test for sure. Like people ask like, what do I need to know? I'm like, just pay attention. As long as you didn't fall asleep, like, we're going to cover it. I'm not going to say, Hey, you should write this down, but you know, it's like, we're, we're going to cover what you need. So pay attention, come in like ready to learn, you know, and we'll, we'll take care of you. Well, yeah. So I think really there's no excuse for someone not to take it. Of course, you know, if, if you're just a member and you don't really care about it, I, I, I'd still say, Hey, you'll get so much out of it that it will change your beliefs about CrossFit. It will change how you train. It'll potentially change your, desire to coach others for so many people they spend so much time effort money on crossfit like this is perhaps the most important thing you can do for your crossfit career be it as an athlete or be it as a coach i always think it's interesting how what i think is cool like and i had the same experience when i showed up was watching people realize how much they don't know like coming they're like, I th yeah, I've got it. I've got a grasp. Like I know what I'm doing or I know what I'm talking about or I understand it. And then sitting through that two days and then coming out of that understanding, like how long that journey actually is. Like if I'm really going to try to 
dive deep into this and, and, and be good at it, either for my own personal well-being or in order to be a, an affiliate owner or a coach. I think that's really cool to get when people realize that this is just the beginning of a, of a probably very, very long journey for them. I, I agree. I agree. My favorite, my favorite things to see are just the eye opening, like you're saying, of people realizing <clears throat> either I'm doing too much, I'm not focusing enough on my technique, you know, I don't need to, I need to eat better. You know, the, those kind of light bulb moments are always what makes a weekend so satisfying. Okay. Well, states are opening back up. I encourage everybody to take their level one. Um, and like, if, you, if you're going to be sitting for your level three, it's probably not a bad idea to sit through the level one. I think we talked about that, like just to brush up on that stuff. So uh, seminars are available. So go to CrossFit.com, check them out and register because they're available. I don't, I don't have any, I don't think any of us have any details on like cap. I'm, I'm sure there's some adjustments there, but if you were wondering, they're available. So go register but, for yeah. what you can. Yeah, um, they're starting and to. Try to and get into a course and uh, hopefully we'll see you there. So you guys got anything else? No, Fern, wrap it up. You've done such a great job hosting. I'm going to steal this from Savon. Land the plane, Jay. Land the plane. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor. Head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself. Hit us up, day at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at day. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting Best Hour of Their Day.